0: Hello oh, and welcome to Banking Transform. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co publisher of the financial brand. With consumers spending an average of 7.5 hours a day on various media platforms, convenience in banking must now expand beyond store centric factors to delivering digital convenience with speed, simplicity, and empathy. Increasingly, consumers and employees are expecting a greater value proposition from their financial institution that will instill loyalty and support of broader brand promise. We are fortunate to have Terrell Schmidt, U.S. Chief Marketing Officer for TD Bank on the Banking Transform podcast. She's gonna discuss how TD's established brand promise and purpose has translated a time of marketplace disruption. In today's digital landscape, brands can grow from an audience of zero to hundreds of thousands almost instantly. Digital channels and social media have changed the way brands interact with prospects and customers. The ability to connect with consumers with a brand proposition that resonates on both a tangible and intangible level has never been more important. I've been a fan of TD Banking for over a decade. Their commitment to their customers and their communities helps them stand out in an increasingly crowded marketplace. They continue to innovate on both the product and brand level and differentiate themselves by creating a strong value proposition that evolves with the expectations of the marketplace. So, Terrell, before we start, I know you've been at TD Bank for a while and have a legacy in financial services. Can you tell our audience a bit about yourself and your role at TD Bank?
1: Absolutely. And firstly, let me say uh, thank you for being a fan. We love uh, we love our TD customers and our TD fans. Um, so yeah, I, um, I've i been with TD coming on, I guess, about six and a half years. I've been Chief Marketing Officer for the last year or so, which um, has just been so much fun. Um, albeit I joined uh, the U.S. Bank in the middle of the pandemic, so I have a little bit of empathy for people who have been through something similar. But my, uh, yeah, my career, um, you know, has kind of spanned the globe. I started um, working for Discover Card, spent many years there. Ultimately, uh, went and launched that product and that uh, company in the U.K. Um, I then went on to a bank in Hong Kong, went into healthcare in Singapore, and ultimately back in the US, I worked for uh, Cigna for about nine years. And, um, you know, I really just saw this great opportunity to join TD about six years ago. Ultimately, I went to Canada um, when I first started with the bank and I ran brand and customer experience. And, you know, to your point and your opening points, it um, it's just been a highlight, a career highlight to work for a company who so deeply believes in both brand as well as customer experience and, you know, really understands, I think, the connection between the two, recognizing, you know, your brand is the aspiration that you set, but also customer experience really is the delivery of that. So uh, it's just a terrific company to work for. And like I said, um, you know, we just have great passion around our customers, um, you know, both in Canada as well as in the US.
0: Terrell, over the past 18 months, marketing has certainly been in the spotlight at most financial institutions, um, needing to create and promote initiatives that were both responsive to new marketing dynamics that were related to the pandemic. Mm. How did TD Bank monitor the shifts in consumer behavior and their expectation changes? And how did these learnings reflected in both campaigns and customer experience at TD Bank?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, there there have been so many shifts. I you know the first one that I always think about really is just the acceleration of digital adoption, and McKinsey has this sort of um, awe-inspiring statistic that says. That digital adoption vaulted ahead five years in just eight weeks at the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, for TD, for companies around the globe, I think we really had to figure um, that out. The second area. Uh, you know, is, has always been important, but that is around brand purpose. And, you know, what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic um, and continues to thrive um, even, you know, 18 months later is just this expectation that consumers have around working with, you know, um, doing business with a company whose values match their own. And similarly, from an employee and a colleague perspective, colleagues want to work for a company whose values match their own. And so purpose has never been more important. And, you know, to me, it's no longer simply, you know, something some companies differentiate themselves on. It is every company has to be purpose-driven to, you know, have a sustainable future. So I think, you know, there have been, and many others, um, many other trends, you know, whether it's kind of the move to virtual TV, one of the things that we do internally, we believe deeply, and kind of infusing the culture internally. And so we have a huge reward and recognition program that we call the Wow Awards. And, um, you know, this year and and last, actually, we did virtual Wow Awards and we had almost 15,000 colleagues in the U.S. dial in virtually. But what was great about it is we did those in person. And so this year, um, our colleagues got to bring their families and, you know, really share it with the broader group. So I think there are a lot of things that will endure well beyond um, the pandemic and, you know, that will make us better and, and more thoughtful for both our customers as well as our colleagues.
0: So it's interesting for those of you on the listening to the podcast that may not be familiar with TD Bank, they acquired Commerce Bank a number of years ago. But one of the things that Commerce Bank was really, really strong in was not only the brand experience, but the community experience. They were known for handing out pens, dog biscuits, participating in every neighborhood parade and known for their friendliness. So over the years, you know, one of the questions I used to ask people that showed up at conferences from TD Bank is how do you create that level of emotion in a digital banking experience when branch visits are continually dropping. So how do, what is the secret to your success as far as really bringing that, that warm, fuzzy feeling that, T, that Commerce Bank was known for into a TD Bank digital banking experience?
1: Yeah, I wasn't here obviously during Commerce Bank days, but um, I know that, you know, a lot of what they brought to the culture still endures today. Um, I think it's important to start with the fact that, you know, we continue to be a leader in retail convenience. Um, As you said, we have a lot of, you know, what we would consider to be kind of legacy proof points. So things like, you know, longer and weekend hours, having more locations, dog biscuits, um, you know, where people can can bring their dog into the store before that was kind of uh, in fashion. Now we see that everywhere. Um, And our pens and just an interesting story about our pens. We continue to give out many, many, many pens, Um, but just recently we actually, have now started making them from recyclable water bottles so that we make sure that you know we're really focusing on the environment and doing the right thing while still giving out those things that our customers have come to expect. Um, in fact, I started when I moved back from Singapore, I moved to Philadelphia and um didn't know td as well and um because i had always lived in places other than the east coast and the way that i first got to know of td was through the pens every restaurant every cab driver that would hand out a pen i was like oh it's td bank so um definitely it makes a difference um stores still are part of our strategy a lot of our acquisition still happens in stores and we do know that there's a time when people just prefer face-to-face interactions. And it tends to be when they're seeking guidance or advice, you know, typically for more complex transactions. And I think contrary to popular belief, even younger consumers, when they're doing something like, you know, taking out a mortgage for the first time, they actually want to sit across the desk from someone to make sure that they understand it. So we continue to believe, you know, that that's an important part of our channel strategy. At the same time, I think there's no doubt, as you said, that consumer preferences and habits are changing. Many that are, in fact, um, accelerated by COVID, which we talked about. 88% of our own customers say that online uh, online and or mobile banking um, is the most most important aspect of convenience. You know, stores continue to be high over 70% for us. And so, what we've done is continue to really invest in digital and technology, making sure that we're aligned with consumer expectations of online experiences. So, you know, there is more emphasis than ever on things like speed and ease. Um, you know, consumers care, for example, mm. how many steps it takes them to apply online. So, you know, we do things like conversion funnels and looking to see like where are people dropping out and then going into those breakpoints and making sure that we're addressing any um, challenges. But I think, you know, to the heart of your question as well is how do you retain a brand positioning of unexpectedly human uh, across, you know, different different um, channels. And for us, independent of channel, we believe that our people and our conversational brand, which is how we describe our brand internally, are really vital to the overall customer experience. And so we really look to put in what would be considered a human touch into any channel, tv.com, mobile, etc. cetera, um, and really just kind of take that lens when you know we're communicating through those channels. So
0: you, you mentioned you, you started with, TD Bank USA during the pandemic. So beyond the normal how your scope may be changed in a in a managerial sense, how did your role and scope of the marketing department and the responsibilities revolve during the pandemic and maybe caused by the pandemic? What what changed as far as the dynamics of how you worked with others but also mm. how the organ, how the marketing organization had to work within the the overall uh, TD Bank
1: yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure that it changed because of the pandemic. But um, one of the things that we've been working on over the last, um, I think we probably started on this um, on this journey about a year ago, is what we called marketing 2025, which really was looking both externally as well as internally to see, you know, kind of where our companies and and marketing teams particularly. <clears throat> Those uh, at companies, you know, who we really, you know, um, aspire uh, to look like. So we looked at some of the best purpose driven companies. We looked at, you know, companies who really lead on digital marketing to really understand kind of where do we need to take marketing at TD while still you know aligning to our own brand, to our company's business objectives and strategies. As we went on that journey, I would say the first thing that we realized is um, marketing 2025 was sufficient. We needed to actually um, start working on it now. So we changed it very quickly to marketing 2025 now. And through that process, we defined our aspiration, which was really important to our colleagues to say, you know, where are we going? How do we stay ahead of this rapidly changing environment? And so our aspiration is what we call to deliver, to to be customer-led growth engineers for the company. And so, you know, what sits behind that are really a couple of things. Firstly, is this emphasis on the customer, constant focus on that. And that's, you know, that's pervasive across the company. But we believe that marketing is kind of uniquely positioned to really, really focus on the customer, look across business lines, et cetera. Um, Growth engineers, you know, obviously we are a growth company um, and so marketing has a core role to play and an outsized role to play in contributing to that growth. And the engineer part really comes through integrating what I would call the art of creative marketing with the science of analytical marketing, recognizing the very, very important component that you know things like data and analytics really um, you know uh, drive for through marketing, and so um, through that we've also looked at so what you know what do we need from a talent perspective? How do we think about really growing our colleagues in the places that we know are going to be you know hugely important for the future? And so it really has. Um, we're still in the process of. Um, you know, defining in terms of what it means for every person who's in the marketing or the um, corporate and public affairs team so that everybody understands, okay, here's how I contribute to being a customer-led growth engineer. And, um, you know, and so it's a it's a really great, though, I think, vision and aspiration that rallies the team, including on both sides of the border.
0: So given that your involvement with the employees and all that, is this something that every employee pretty much embraces and that is, is that marketing's function or part of marketing's function to really get the employees engaged in what the vision of the overall organization is and to participate in that?
1: Yeah, I, I think you have to, I think it's really important, you know, from your early early questions around, you know, what are the trends? What are we seeing happen in the marketplace? So I think we very much always need to have an eye to the external marketplace. Um, But aligning marketing to the business uh, strategy, to the business growth objectives is so important. Um, And, you know, we just see ourselves and our partners see marketing as being more and more of a growth driver, you know, to your point where, you know, we are doing different kinds of transactions from a store perspective. Marketing really plays a very large role in terms of, you know, from a digital perspective and looking at a customer uh, level strategy. So we do and we are very aligned to the overall um, organization. On digital, I think it's, it's interesting. We've seen um, that customers during the pandemic and, you know, is still taking place today are spending upwards of seven, seven seven and a half hours on social channels and online every single day outside of work. I don't know where they're yeah. getting the time. Um, but you know, that's extraordinary and marketing just is the part of the organization that actually interacts with those customers when they're not on our own channels. And so, you know, there is a really unique opportunity that marketing has to partner with the businesses and make sure that we're really driving that customer experience from outside in.
0: So I'm going to stay on the employees for a second, because that, that really interests me that you have all these employees, many of them legacy, uh, you know, Commerce Bank and and longtime TD Bank employees that really were very focused on the branch experience and still are. How do you transform them to re- have them realize that they're also going to be part of the digital experience? That they're still going to be needed to fulfill the obligations as a multi-channel um, consumer. But also, if I'm only a digital consumer, that doesn't mean that I'm not hearing from TD Bank. So how do you help to make it so these employees do not feel that they're at risk because of what's going on in the digital world?
1: I think it's an and, and, you know, that's absolutely what we talk to our colleagues about, whether they're, you know, in marketing or they're store employees. Um, and a lot of times, actually, our customers will come into our stores to, you know, learn more about what they can do from a digital perspective. So it's been an enormous focus of ours to make sure that people are digitally literate, they know how to help people get online, that we actually have easy Content for them to access online. One of the things that we did um, probably two years ago was we really looked at what we call digital IQ. And so we have these programs um, that really help all of our marketers and beyond stay current and understand the foundational capabilities that are required for digital. So we first built this, and it was a, you know, probably a five or six series digital IQ. Um, session or a set of sessions. And we ultimately took our leadership right up to the CEO uh, of the company through and all of his direct reports through what we call digital IQ. So they are all familiar with how, you know, you do bidding and auctions and all those sorts of things that actually drive people to TV. And so we've now got a passionate group of leaders and colleagues around the organization who often come. To us and say, you know, what are you seeing in my market? What's happening? What kind of search? uh, You know, how are people searching? What are they searching for? And we do know that when you look across Maine to Florida and our footprint, those things can differ. Our competitive set can differ. And so it really is important that everybody understands the digital shift that, you know, that we have seen and will continue to see uh, around you know, our environment for financial services and elsewhere.
0: So in some of my recent podcasts, I've questioned whether loyalty, as we normally define it in banking based on accounts or balances or even transactions, maybe is now fleeting. Um, that the consumer now is dividing up their relationships. They're going to digital banks, to big tech organizations that provide financial services, and that really the consumer doesn't necessarily have to close their account for them to fracture the relationship. How do we as financial institutions then work to hold on to that consumer? And how do we build bigger and better engagement models that really move them and say, you know what, it's not just about the balances or number of accounts, but it's really how often do you rely on me when you're going to your mobile phone or something along that nature? What is your perspective on that, you know, as an organization, but also yourself?
1: Let me answer the question from my perspective. Firstly, I don't see loyalty as dead at all. Um, And in fact, I think in light of more choice and higher consumer expectations, companies actually just have to work harder to earn it and to retain it. Um, In financial services, I think in particular, we know that trust is a really key driver of loyalty. Consumers are trusting us with their money. They're trusting us with their aspirations for the future. They're trusting us on, you know, keeping their family, um, you know, in in good stead, etc. So, trust is just such a key part of loyalty for um, for TV and for our our um, industry. And I think because of that, it's inherently personal, and it can be quite emotional for people. They want to know, as you said, that their bank has their back and is there to be on the other end of a phone or to be there if they decide they need to a store um, if they need it. I think our CEO um, itself, often you'll hear him say, you know, TD is not in the business of selling a mortgage or signing one more checking account. We're actually in the business of helping people become homeowners and enabling them to meet their goals. Um, So for that reason, I think brand is intensely important and particularly particularly with so many banks in the U.S., competition is fierce and it is our unexpectedly human brand that really makes us stand out. When we first set out to launch that brand uh, a couple of years ago, this was pre-my time, the uh, the head of marketing did some research and found out that 74% of consumers felt that their banking relationship was purely transactional. And so TDs really set uh, uh, a challenge and we want to challenge that perception and so we've always been the bank that, you know, really prides ourselves on being different from the other banks and to really redefine banking by creating those connections with our customers and, to your point, in our communities where, you know, we we continue to be very present locally and, and deeply believe in kind of having that local connection.
0: You, know, you you talk about that local presence and all that. And one thing that always really made me you know, look at TD Bank was you really worked as an organization to build an emotional connection with customers more, more than just a transactional engagement or more than just doing what shows up on the uh, financial reports on an annual basis about here's how we're committing the community. Can you describe some of the examples of how TD Bank has really built an emotional tie so that customers know they're working with an organization that not only can they trust, but maybe you're seeing things the way they are.
1: Yeah, I think probably one of our best examples, and firstly, thank you for that. Um, that is really what we aim to do. So, um, you know, that that's something that, you know, just as part of our overall culture to be thinking about the person who is at the end of any transaction that we do. Um, and one of the best examples is what we call TD Thanks You, and I'm not sure if you've seen that. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it a campaign, but it's a program that we do annually. I think we've been, this must be our fifth year of doing it. And and what we do is really highlight and celebrate our customers who, you know, we know personally and who have really entrusted us with um, their business. And typically what we do is look for someone who's been doing something extraordinary. So this year, our program is all around people who have Make, have been having a positive impact on their communities and not looking for, you know, um, any real kudos from anyone, but really just doing it because it's just so inherent to what they do. So, you know, whether it's bringing music, um, you know, to uh, a community or those kinds of things or helping young people figure out how they can also, um, you know, build careers, Um, you know, just we have so many amazing stories and we have so many amazing customers. And we do think it's our, you know, it's our partnership with those customers who are, you know, that's really making the difference in communities. So we're constantly looking for how we do that in new and different ways.
0: And you use social media quite effectively in these kind of programs to really Make it so your customers realize that you're you're recognizing individuals. I mean, I met, remember and it. It was many years ago. Some things you did around the holidays, some surprising light. Um, you know, the the dream ATMs mm-hmm. is the only thing I can remember, and the fact that you know you you made people's dreams come true. And 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 I think the thing that was most interesting about this is that you promoted the fact that you're doing this, and you made it so customers felt mm-hmm. good about what TD Bank was doing in the marketplace for individuals, as you mentioned, more than just, you know, Mm -hmm. those flash and dash donations, which are very easy, but really these micro... engagement things that made it so that customers felt good about working Mm -hmm. with TD Bank, correct?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, the one that you mentioned uh, when we use the ATM to, you know, deliver surprise and delights, that was part of TD Thanks You and at the very beginning of it, I still get emails from people who I know around the world who will come to me and say, hey, I saw this program and, you know, through social and um, they think it's, you know, may have just happened and so we've continued to do that, you know, five six years on. And, um, you know, it's something that gives our colleagues just a time of, um, you know, it gives them a ton, a ton of pride knowing the difference that we make in customers' lives. And, you know, it ties to things like volunteerism that, you know, is really important for our colleagues and has suffered a little bit in terms of us being able just to take groups of people out and go into the communities. And so we've continued to, you know, seek ways that we can do um volunteerism through our sponsorship partners and those sorts of things. So uh, another you know challenge with the pandemic, but we found ways around it and we can't wait though to get back to where you know we can bring all of our colleagues together and do uh, great volunteering um, outings.
0: So So let's take a short break here and recognize the sponsors of this podcast. This podcast episode is being presented in partnership with PayPal. PayPal provides access to more than 403 million active global accounts and multiple Buy Now, Pay Later offers in a single integration. PayPal Pay in 4 enables shoppers to make purchases in 4 industry payments. Customers get more buying power and flexibility. And merchants get help maximizing reach and revenue. Learn more about PayPal Pay Later on paypal.com forward slash trust. Is your organization trying to embrace digital banking transformation in 2021? Are you trying to elevate the customer experience? Figure out what technology you want to implement to improve the customer journey. Look at data analytics to really better understand and personalize the customer experience. And are you trying to make it so more of your employees can buy into, and be part of your digital banking transformation? If this sounds like you, I ask you to reimagine banking with our newest podcast sponsor, Microsoft. They give you the opportunity to unlock new opportunities at speed throughout innovative business models, deliver differentiated customer experiences across channels, products, and services, and redefine new ways of banking. Microsoft and its partner ecosystem help banks to achieve differentiation through sustainable growth, streamlining core systems, reducing cost and risk, and delighting customers and employees. If you're in the midst of a journey, trying to figure out what to do next, maybe trying to find out what other organizations are doing to lift up their experience level, I really encourage you to look at Microsoft. For more information, visit Microsoft.com slash financial services. Welcome back. I'm joined today by Cheryl Schmidt, US Chief Marketing Officer at TD Bank. We've been discussing her role in the marketing function at TD Bank, but more importantly, TD's Bank's role in the community with their employees and the emotional connection they make with all their constituencies. Terrell, as the pandemic took hold, not only did consumers jump to digital out of necessity, but their awareness of social issues, such as Black Lives Matter, gender equity, global warming, et cetera, and the desire for empathy from the financial institution increased. What has TD done to address these needs?
1: Yeah. Uh, firstly, let me just say that I can appreciate the saw. We went through a lot of construction ourselves, <laughs> I think along with the uh, the rest of yeah. the world who has been through renovation. So appreciate that very much. Um so absolutely. I, you know, I think we I touched on it a little bit earlier, but brand purpose and how organizations authentically show up has become more important than ever. It's no longer a differentiator, you know. I, I used to look at companies and say that is you know a great example of a purpose-driven company. And- Um, it now is something that we all have to do. Um, I know that, you know, I've seen some statistics, 60, 65%, I think of consumers say how brands behave now will have a huge impact on what they'll buy in the future. And internally, you know, we attract and retain employees based on our purpose. And, um, The other thing that I would say that I've seen as a real shift is just how those two things work together. So at the very beginning of the pandemic, our customers were more worried about how we treated our colleagues than they were about how we treated them. Um, You know, we did. A lot of we really stayed in touch with the insights early on to understand, you know, what was it at the top of our customers' minds, what was at the top of our colleagues' minds. And, you know, as we went through the whole health and safety um, protocols, if people saw anything that they felt uncomfortable with, they were very, you know, they, they would kind of call it out Um So I think those two things working together really, really matters. And it's an opportunity for us to differentiate and to create those emotional connections. Um, You know, a couple of things that I would say that we did, firstly, I think just recognizing that you know, during uh, during this time, we and and this continues. We've had to demonstrate how we're there authentically for our customers. So, you know, our customers and you know, th- take small business. I think they're probably one of the best examples. We all know how challenging um, this time has been for all, our small businesses. So, TD very quickly got into the payroll protection program, and um, we ultimately did close to a hundred thousand loans. And we really focused on the small businesses. And so our average loan size was smaller than the majority, yet we became one of Largest uh, payroll protection providers in the category, and so you know, small businesses were desperate to say, "Help me through this time." And we continue to find ways to work with our small businesses. Um, you know, even if it's doing something like we we've sent reopening kits to our small businesses, just as a bit of a surprise and delight, because back to how we show up in the community, that really matters. We wanted them to know that we were there for them. Um, We also, you know, put out, we did programs to tell our customers how important it was to support their local small businesses. So it really extends from, you know, both the financial aspect and making sure that we're there for them that way, but also, you know, just demonstrating uh, how we show up with our partners and our small businesses and our customers in the community.
0: So it's interesting. I, I spent in my career uh, before this life, I, uh, I spent about five years in Toronto, three days a week, every week of the year, working with a financial institution up in Toronto. And one thing that became very apparent is in Canada, you have a very narrow set of financial institutions, mm-hmm. certainly compared to the U.S., you're under a, an intense microscope from the public. And I was amazed by the fact that uh, I always look forward to the the, uh, the quarterly reports and the annual reports, because in the United States, usually if banks did very well, everybody was very happy for them. In Canada, if the banks did very well, they became somewhat the enemy because there's a, a much more astute awareness of the role of banking in the community as and as far as the global aspect of, of how banking can perform. It's my understanding that TD Bank has done some things with regard to the environment. And, and I'll be honest with you, I got to peel back a whole lot of layers to see where many financial institutions in the U.S. are doing that. Can you explain a little bit what TD has done?
1: Yeah. Um, two things. Firstly, let me address uh, your first point because one of the things that we did um, last year, when you know we were seeing uh, you know the unresolved issue of racism and the anti-black racism um, movement, is we went out um, and did research in both Canada and the U.S. to understand the role of banks, and it was really interesting. In Canada, as you said. There are five really big banks and there's an expectation, there's a very high expectation that they are going to be very, you know, very at the forefront of resolving some of those societal issues. That differs a little bit in the U.S., I think, to your point, because there are so many banks. Um, in some cases, you have to find where, you know, a bank authentically plays a role in some of these issues, um, because sometimes some consumers will say, you know, no, you know, you, you shouldn't be there, um, but you should be here. And so we really need to understand consumer mindset, but also find those things that are authentically who we are um, and demonstrate that we have concrete actions on how we're going to attack- societal issues um, within the organization and on behalf of our customers. Um, Back to the environment question, it's a great one. And, you know, I think one of the things that we are deeply focused on right now is um, ESG. And uh, I I think us, along with many companies, um, and, you know, I think it's becoming more of a consumer issue than even it was maybe a year ago. You know, every paper that you pick up and you see the fires, People are starting to say, what are we doing? How are we going to address that? So uh, TD's been at the forefront. of, You know, we've done days, all sorts of things that have just been part and parcel of recognizing uh, that we play a role in uh, a vibrant planet. But we are now looking to say, how do we embed ESG into every strategy of the bank. So what we've recognized is that we don't want ESG to sit aside or alongside our other strategies. We want, you know, when we're going out and we're creating a new product or a new service, we want to make sure that we're embedding ESG into that. So, you know, it might be uh, looking at how we're really driving financial and economic inclusion or looking at who and how we lend um, to make sure that we're doing the right thing for uh, the world at large. So it's definitely at the forefront of, do- of what we're doing. I would say generally across kind of all of these areas, um, we, you know, we've made a lot of progress at TD. We continue to focus on making progress, but we also recognize we have a long way to go. And um, that this is, you know, it is the long game, but we do need to be able to show action today. But but also set our vision for the future
0: you know it's interesting because we see a lot more activity in the environmental aspects of it in europe mm-hmm. than we do in the in north america overall <laughs> um it's a it's a bigger a bigger focus on but i will i will say that you know the one thing that td has done and continues to do is they you do this with authenticity it's not to make a great press release or a great uh, financial statement at the end of the year to say oh we donated this much it, it's it's a commitment and as i've looked into not just what you've done in the environmental, Mm -hmm. but as you said, the the social aspects and governance overall, you know, the the focus on that and then be able to transcend the organization is an extraordinarily Mm -hmm. difficult but important component of of making it all work. Um, You know, a little bit of a pretty big pivot here. Um, I recently interviewed Raja Rajamanar from uh, the CMO of MasterCard and author of the book Quantum Marketing. In our interview, he mentioned that traditional marketers are challenged more than ever to keep up with the massive change of how marketing is done and the skills that are required. You're a career marketer. I mean, from the very beginning, you've been involved in some form of marketing or another at different levels of organizations and different types of organizations. As a career marketer, how do you keep up with the transformation of marketing?
1: Well, firstly, I hired the best people I <laughs> Most importantly, um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, or I do anyway, what we call, a, you know, the T-shaped marketer. And, you know, really, and there's a, a something that I don't like. It's called the fat T-shaped marketer, which is really looking at, you know, um, wide breadth across a number of, you know, across the marketing uh, discipline but also wide depth in a couple of areas. And so, you know, for me, I've spent a lot of my, um, I've spent a lot of my career focused in areas around direct marketing, around brand. And so I would call those my, you know, the, the depth, um, but I have to find people who have different skill sets, different capabilities, who come from different environments, so that I'm making sure that I'm, you know, both learning from them, but also um, leaning on them to really help drive uh, the organization forward. As I, you know, we talked about this digital IQ and we do customer experience IQ, all of those things that really help us understand what it takes, um, what we need to, where we need to be in order to be um, the best marketers that we can possibly be, and staying ahead of um, of the industry. I think also it's about hire, you know working with external partners, and not always just looking internally, but understanding deeply you know where your position to those points. You know, are we distinctive? Are we differentiated? What are the trend lines that show that we're retaining that those emotional connections? And so we we always look to say. Do we have a gap? Do we still have that gap over our competitors where we, you know, aim to compete? And so, you know, we've just recently named, for example, David, who is an Ogilvy company, is our uh, agency of record in the U.S. And uh, every time I talk to the head of Ogilvy North America or the head of David, they say, get ready for us to push you. (laughs) And if you look at some of their work, I know they do push, and, um, you know, but they're going to push us to constantly be better and to be thinking that, you know, just status quo is not good enough. And so I think finding those partners who are on the journey with you, is so important and then there is you know to stay ahead no shortage of great podcasts like this one and um i'm a runner and so at most every morning i listen to a podcast i used to only listen to music depends on how long my run is how how tough yeah. it is but um but i love to listen to podcasts i just find that that is you know an hour however much time i i have to go out for a run that I can dedicate to me and to, um, you know, to my learning journey.
0: That's funny. It's it's surprising how many of my guests have come out of another Mm -hmm. organization's podcast that I listen to. So, you know, okay. So as a marketer and being such an important component of TD Bank US and TD Bank overall, what keeps you up at night? What, what, What challenges are out there that really makes you think, geez, you know what? we got to get ahead of this one.
1: I, I would tell you that in one word, and that is people. And particularly in, you know, today's day and age where, you know, TV's always prided itself on having a really unique culture. And that is just harder and harder to maintain when we're all in front of screens all day. And, um, You know, so I spend really, I would say, an inordinate amount of time with my team, whether it's, you know, with my leaders or whether it's um, talking about how we're ensuring that our people are growing and learning, and thriving, and having flexibility, and doing all of the, you know, all of the things that we know that people are looking for in today's environment, and um, so, you know, we spend time with, you know, through communication, so during the pandemic, we put in place every other week, all hands meetings, and we just talk about what's going on. We use things like um, Slido, which I find is a a little bit of a mixed blessing, (laughs) Uh, You can, you know, honestly put anything in there, but frankly, it tells us what is on the minds of our colleagues. And so, you know, just staying in touch and really making sure that people are connecting with one another, having those emotional connections to the brand, to the company, to each other is uh, just at the forefront of my mind. But it is um, particularly in the talent environment and the war for talent environment that we find ourselves in now making sure that we are, you know, really focused on our top, top talent is uh, number one to me.
0: You know, finally, and it's interesting, you, you've kind of hit upon it already. When you look at culture, mm-hmm. when you look at people, it really, as much as anything else, also needs leadership. Um, and what is interesting about TD Bank, and we talked about this before we even got on the podcast today, is that a number of foreign organizations, um, not Overseas, in your case, but organizations that were not based in the U.S. Acquired U.S. banks, thinking that they can make a huge penetration into the United States. The reality is, I don't think many of them still exist in that form. There's, there's obviously there's one in uh, with Bank of Montreal, but but you know there's many uh, European companies that came here, and and actually Far East companies that came here. And it's been difficult. And a lot of it has to do with, you need the leadership that can drive the process. And, and I'm gonna do a little bit of a commercial for you here that this is the one aspect that that really hasn't changed in the years that I've known TD Bank, mm. is that the leadership was willing to take chances on behalf of the customer and the communities and ranging from integrating uh, moving banks platform to your, your checking account uh, platform to doing the kind of things you do in the community. How important daily is having leadership that's willing to embrace the change that's really frightening at many times, especially when you're high up in a big organization that's meant to make money, but also with regards to you taking risks and doing things maybe outside the norm at times?
1: Um, Yeah, so I, you know, change is the, the new norm. And so, you know, I would say we're constantly in a state of change and, you know, really working with all of our colleagues, some of whom are very comfortable with that, others who are not as comfortable with change to really Understand, you know, what it means to navigate ambiguity, which inevitably comes with change, um, but also to be excited and enthused about change. I think, you know, it it would be uh, the death of any company right now. We've seen many examples in the past, um, you know, that who who didn't stay up with um, what was going on in the environment and what was going on um, in the category who aren't here (laughs) any longer. And so you have to change. And with things changing so rapidly, it means more and more of it. And, you know, I think um, our leaders are very open to that. We're also very sensitive to the fact that you don't want so much change that, you know, you start to create risks in your environment. So I think we have a really healthy balance of looking at those two things. Um, Throughout this and throughout everything that we've talked about, I think leadership is just so critical. And one of the things that we have prided ourselves on is, you know, creating a culture that we think of as being, you know, growth oriented, driving impact and being a culture of care. And that latter point, while the word care can sound a little soft and not, you know, um, it's been really important and it's been really important to our colleagues to know that they have leaders who um, at the end of the day, you know, are both authentic, who authentically care about them and also who demonstrate some vulnerability on their own part. I think, in, uh, in this environment, putting yourself out there and saying, hey, you know what, I, this is what, you know, this is what's hard for me. My heart is very different than somebody else's uh, challenge or difficulty, and you have to recognize that. But um, I think having, you know, authentic leaders who, you know, are willing to just be really forthcoming is, uh, is gonna be the key to the future in
0: terms of leadership. Turtle, thank you so much for being on the show today. I apologize for any of the hammering in the background, but really appreciate our conversation. Look forward to doing it again sometime.
1: Likewise, thank you very much. I enjoyed it uh, an awful lot, and I appreciate again your uh, your passion around our brand. That is our aim, and so that's just uh, so terrific to hear. Very, very much appreciated.
0: Thanks for listening to Banking Transform. Ray's a top five banking podcast. We really appreciate the support you've given us since we started this endeavor. If you enjoy what we're doing, please be sure to follow Banking Transform on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take thirty to forty-five seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It really means the world to us finally be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the amazing research we're doing for the digital banking report this has been the production of evergreen podcast a special thank you to our producer leah longbreak audio engineer sean Rule hoffman and video producer will Pritz. i'm your host jim Roos. until next time remember customer loyalty is fleeting with a consumer holding all the power we must provide better brand value accordingly.